this thing on because it's getting ready to be on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bell Ringer. My name is Greg. Your guest name today is Matt Fleckenstein, the co-founder of Buffalo Studios. Matt grew up on Grand Island here in Western New York and moved to Los Angeles, where he found himself a successful career as a TV writer on shows like iCarly, Drake and Josh, Family Guy, and his own creation, Nicky, Ricky, Dickie, and Dawn. Now he's bringing all that expertise back home to Western New York to start Buffalo Studios and help build our film and TV production industry. Yeah, so I want to start out just with a little biographical info uh, before we dive in so people know sure. a little bit more about yourself. So I know you grew up in, in Buffalo and then obviously moved to Los Angeles for a career in, in film and TV. Uh, just give us a little bit about kind of that decision and what, you know, what pushed you into this career path and made you want to move. Sure. Yeah, okay. I will try to make that as concise as possible. Um, uh, particularly what the most interesting part is going to be why I chose to move, but I definitely will get that last because um, so much of that is why Buffalo Studios exists. But taking a step back, so yes, I grew up on Grand Island, went to Stella Niagara in Lewiston, which was amazing, uh, St. Joe's, which was amazing. Um, and, you know, my entire life, uh, I've, as far as I can remember, I've always loved to write. So when I was in fifth grade, um, there was a local or regional like writing contest. I, I, again, I use that term very loosely because it was obviously very friendly geared toward school age children, uh, grade school children. So I wrote this little mystery story that, you know, is what you'd expect from a fifth grader, but I was, I was super excited about it. And I was lucky enough to get chosen to go to this weekend of um, professional writers uh, talking about writing, people who were doing it for a living. And Ray Bentley was one of the teachers. And at the time he had written his books, Darby the Dinosaur, which I still have on my bookshelves. Um, so, you know, to be a kid in Buffalo, to get to meet Ray Bentley, get an autograph and talk, you know, see someone who, you know, was a superhero in my eyes as a kid, but also was a professional working writer. Um, just a very indelible moment in, you know, in my childhood and, you know, in my path of writing. So ever since then, I just, you know, I never stopped writing. And, you know, it's one of those things I wrote a little bit of everything. But when I got into like seventh grade, my brother and I, you know, a couple years earlier, my dad got this giant bulky VHS camcorder for Christmas. So my brother, Jim and I, and also my, a couple of my friends in school, we just started shooting stuff. So it became this natural convergence of we're going to shoot stuff. Well, if we're going to shoot stuff, let's write stuff. And it evolved into, we sat down and we wrote scripts. So everything just kind of clicked. Obviously, I loved TV and movies as a kid. I loved writing. And there's just this great convergence that felt very natural. So we, you know, did that all through high school. Um, I went to Syracuse uh, to the Newhouse School for TV and film. You know, that was my goal coming out of high school. I uh, got a great education and great experience there. And, you know, this leads me to why the decision to move to L.A., you know, I graduated 20 years ago. 20 years ago, you want to write for TV or movies, you have to move to LA or Los, uh, LA or New York City. That's it. So packed up my life, drove 3,000 miles or 3,500 miles and slept on the floor of my brother's dining room for a couple months while I got off my feet and, 
you know, had job, had a job on the way out here that, uh, had a job before I left Buffalo and that disappeared, like when I got to Ohio. So came out starting from scratch and, um, worked my way up from there. One thing, you know, to jump ahead a bit or to tie it back together to what I was saying, what's been amazing for me to watch is the past 20 years, particularly the past 15, but really 10 is just the increase in the democratization of content creation, right? We all know very well anyone with a cell phone can create content, put it online and potentially make, you know, a great living doing it, but also make what they want to make and tell their own story. You don't need to drive to LA, New York, et cetera. Um, and Buffalo Studios is the natural extension of that. The fact that we've seen studios sprout and pop up all over the country and in Canada. Um, and I mean, there's some more popping up in Mexico and Caribbean, all these places, you know, the traditional gatekeepers aren't the traditional gatekeepers anymore. And that means, you know, the, you know, that 21, 22 year old kid graduating from Syracuse, UB, wherever it is, you don't have to pack up schlep across the country and, you know, go broke in six months because everything is outrageously expensive. Um, so my journey has interesting, you know, I've been lucky enough to have a good amount of success and stick around long enough to see things change all for the better. Um, and for me, it just created this great opportunity to be able to try to bring my experience, my relationships, my expertise back to Buffalo to try to be a part of um, the great renaissance Buffalo seeing right now. Um, you know, for those that don't know, you wrote on iCarly, Drake and Josh. Sorry, I skipped all that. Starting schlepping coffees and lunches. To, <laughs> that's where, that's where, the, that's where the, the beauty begins, getting coffees for people. And we're going yeah. to the glitzier part. The glitzier part like of, uh, you know, the, the name brand TV shows that even people my age obviously watch growing up, you know, or sure. maybe a little bit younger than me. But iCarly, Drake and Josh, a couple episodes of Family Guy. Um, you know, I think people might be surprised because you did find a good amount of success in Los Angeles yeah. and in a city that, you know, quite often doesn't afford that to a lot of people. And, you know, people probably sure. come back to their hometowns, um, you know, in much different circumstances. So, you know, I think you, you touched on a little bit, but maybe expand on, you know, those, those barriers of entry are gone thanks to the internet and YouTube. But, you know, what made you want to take down another one of those barriers in, you know, making a studio here in Buffalo in your hometown? Sure. That's a great question. Um, why I wanted to take down more barriers is I hate barriers. I mean, quite frankly, uh, again, like you said, you know, I've been lucky enough to have success out here and, you know, it's a combination of hard work, you know, that great Buffalo, Buffalo work ethic mixed with, good luck. And I've had good luck and I've had bad luck. And if it weren't for the good luck, I wouldn't have anything, any success that I've had. And that's wrong. That sh it shouldn't be that way. You know, people with the drive and the talent and the desire, th their barriers shouldn't be timing and good luck. So the fact that, um, you know, with Buffalo Studios and with the training and educational opportunities that we're, we want to create, that we're talking with, like, obviously, University of Buffalo and other schools, high school is about creating those new opportunities and training. Like to me, that's all about, if you want to do this, start doing it as young as you can, but get, you know, as professional, great training you can get from people working in it. So that when 
you know, you either get skilled enough or are going to graduate, you can start making great content. You, you basically, you don't have to sit around and wait for someone else to give you the go ahead. Someone else is okay to say, great, well, you know what? You've slept coffees for a year and you seem like a nice guy and we like you. So we're going to promote you to some, a different kind of assistant. And you do that job and, you know, the show, if it gets picked up, I, I mean, I can't tell you how, my experience and so many friends who, as I worked my way up from a production assistant, which is getting coffees and lunches, you show up with a smile, you do your job. If the show stays on the air, you get promoted, then become a writer's assistant. I was actually uh, executive producer's assistant and then a writer's assistant. And then it's the same thing. And there's so many times people say, you did a great job as writer's assistant. If the show gets picked up for one more season, we're going to bring you on as a st uh, staff writer. That's the dream, right? Show gets canceled. So there are all these things that, you know, as I've spent all the time, all those years, you know, hitting the pavement, putting in the work, building relationships, absolutely necessary. Someone right now, again, coming out of college, they can skip all that. They can just go to the making great content part. Um, you know, there, I mean, there are quite literally, I mean, I say kids, I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to where, you know, 22, 25 year olds, they're kids and they're leap, they've leapfrogged me. You know, they make something, they get a team together or, you know, they make something great that builds an audience online. Studios take notice. So same studios, I'm knocking on the door, pitching ideas at the same time, 22, 18, 20 year old, 30 year old, whatever it is, makes content. It goes right to the top and suddenly they get a show on HBO, you know, whatever it is. So you don't need to do what I did. And I think that's fantastic because a lot of it is, a lot of it is just needless frustration. But like you said, it's hard for a lot of people to keep doing it. And because a lot of the time you're met with just so many different barriers, particularly again, financially. Um, it's outrageously expensive to live, you know, particularly in Los Angeles. So that becomes a barrier. People miss family. You know, you want to be where your family is, where support is. And you can do that now. You can, you, you know, I uh, just an interview with um, a student reporter at Syracuse for the website. And she asked what my advice is. And my biggest advice is stay where you are and just start creating stuff whether that's stay at Syracuse, move back home where you can live for free. You've got a support system. You've got friends, whatever it is. You've got a community. Amazing. I mean, we all know it's that stability that creates growth. So, you know, I, for me, I, I always want to try to help. And I think that's just part of being from Buffalo. You know, as I've said a couple of times, my whole experience is everyone that says, how can I help? Um, you know, I, I would love to see more people succeed and I'd love to see less people fail. So part of that is let's take this bit of Hollywood that doesn't need to live just in Hollywood anymore, bring it to a place like Buffalo where the industry's already there. There's people who want a shot and we'll give them the opportunity to have a shot in a place where they can take their time and they can grow. Uh, and the end result is we're just going to get much greater art and content and movies and TV shows and video games and and all these things that um, really just add so much value to life. You know, it brings me to the next point, which is, you know, here you are now creating these extra yeah. opportunities, hopefully, you know, with less barriers of entry, um, you know, with, with less strict gatekeepers, if you will, yeah. in Buffalo studios. Um, tell people just a bit about, 
you know, the specs, the location, all that kind of stuff about Buffalo studios, how many stages, um, you know, that kind of information. So we know what to expect. Yeah, absolutely. So our property is in South Buffalo across from the Tesla plant. We have 27 acres. Uh, phase one is going to be on 10 of those acres. Uh, it is slated to be six sound stages, four 18,000 square foot stages that are, can handle features, but are a little more targeted at episodic television, a 20,000 square foot stage, which is more targeted at features, and then a 12,000 square foot stage, which is really targeted at virtual production. Um, in addition to that, there's support space, which is, you know, dressing rooms, hair, makeup, big open spaces for equipment, but also office space for productions. Um, you know, that we have four different support buildings, three or four stores each. So um, I think the total project right now is roughly 250,000 square feet. You know, our phase one is really designed to test the market, what the market wants, you know, uh, you know figure out our mix of uh, product for lack of a better term, so that we know how we're going to expand into those 17 additional acres. Right. And, you know, as you're testing the product and, and even getting yourself to a, a point to be able to do this first phase, I know you've had a lot of conversations with people about the potential that Buffalo holds. Um, yeah. You know, I know when anybody thinks of Buffalo, even Buffalonians themselves, yeah. I'm sure that Hollywood <laughs> or, or movie and film production isn't the first thing that comes. It's probably, you know, bills and chicken wings and maybe snow, unfortunately. Um, Definitely you know, snow, even, yes. Even though we're a lot more than that. But, you know, yes. you as someone that's worked in the industry for so long, had success and is now making this investment in Western New York. What do you see in Buffalo that, um, you know, convinced you to go along with phase one? Sure. Uh, you know, the fact that I'm from Buffalo and know that Buffalo is, like you said, Buffalo is so much more than snow, chicken wings, the Bills can't win a Super Bowl, right? Those are the, those are the punchlines. I know all the things that Buffalo really is. Buffalo is a big enough city to be metropolitan, but it's still like I always describe Buffalo as a small town wrapped in a city, meaning the people are small town in the sense that everyone is friendly, everyone's outgoing. You know, people people in Buffalo want to support and help Buffalo, and that coupled with the you know, blue collar history and work ethic, you know, you know, people from Buffalo aren't afraid to work and put in the work as long as, you know, they're treated well and rewarded for their work. Um, That alone is hugely important to being able to support any industry and the film industry. Yes. It's glitz and glamour glamour. At the end of the day, it's an industry that, that needs workers. So knowing that there's a crew base, potential crew base, worker base of great people aren't afraid to do work. Um, the industry already knows about Buffalo, which makes the conversation easier. Quiet Place to, you know, Tim Clark and the Film Commission, Mayor Brown, obviously they've done an amazing job of selling Buffalo to the industry. The shift in the past couple of years has been, it used to be Buffalo is telling the industry about Buffalo, but now the industry is calling Buffalo saying, do you have space? You know, what's going on? And Quiet Place to significantly changed that dynamic. So um, there's a great, Great people, which is Buffalo's greatest asset. The industry is already there. The demand for sound stages is outrageous. Capacity pre-pandemic was like 96 to 99 percent. So I mean, there quite literally aren't enough sound stages. Um, 
you know, land is cheaper in Buffalo than LA or New York. It's, you know, still pricey, but it's significantly, cost of entry is much lower. Um, New York state tax incentives are a big reason why productions go to New York. Uh, and practically, again, knowing Buffalo, it, I guess I'll put it this way. Well, it's not, there are so many big things that attract production to a state. So tax credits, uh, an existing crew base, those things were there, which are, are huge. But also Buffalo offers such a wealth of locations that are so close. And th it's something that, you know, if, if you haven't worked in the industry, maybe you don't see as an asset right away. But look, think of a place like LA, it's 45 minutes to drive anywhere and to move equipment and hundreds of people, it's timely and it's costly. You know, where Buffalo Studios, where our property is, we're nine minutes from downtown. Downtown has amazing art deco architecture, right? And people don't realize, again, things we know because we grew up there, we've lived there. Um, Buffalo is one of the wealthiest cities, the turn of the 20th century, and that's still there. So there's beautiful architecture. There's a skyline that hasn't been seen in a lot of movies. Uh, there's beaches. You have uh, Niagara Falls. There's a natural wonder. There's an NFL stadium. There's a hockey stadium, not a stadium, but there's a, you know, NHL, there's minor league baseball, you know, so if I'm a producer and I know I have a uh, holiday movie where I need snow and there's a big ending scene at a football stadium and afterwards they go to the frozen beach and like toast the frozen lake, whatever it is, great. I can do all of that within a 20, 25 mile radius in Buffalo. And that is a massive asset. That is, that is really a hidden asset that Buffalo has that the industry is realizing. As people tour there, like I know John Krasinski fell in love with so many of those things because there's so many unique pieces of architecture and infrastructure and just the texture of Buffalo. Things that, you know, we may drive by every day and take for granted. These are great settings, great backdrops, great texture for feature films and TV shows. Yeah, I interview people all the time that have moved to Buffalo, um, you know, to live and work from different cities. They're like across the board amazed that they can live in downtown Buffalo in a city, walk to oh, restaurants oh and then drive, you know, 15 yeah. minutes to to do, you know, this gorgeous hike or, or you know, these bike trails yeah. in the woods. Like, you know, that doesn't happen in a lot of places. So even commute times play into that as well. And just kind well, of that malleability that our region has. Malleability is a great word. And it, it's just, it, it speaks to the overall quality of life. You know, right. housing is less expensive, you know, especially compared to LA and New York, gas is less expensive, things like that. But yeah, you can, you can get around, you can live, you, uh, you know, when I was back there in the fall for a week, it was great. <laughs> I mean, I would, you know, I stayed downtown, I'd walk to restaurants, you know, uh, drive no more than 15 minutes. And yeah, you get, you get uh, wherever you need to go. And, you know, every little town and village and little hamlet, they're all just so iconic and are, are great settings for film. So it's, it, yeah, it, it, literally, there, there is an endless set of locations in Buffalo and Western New York. Right. So film and TV production, obviously, you know, known and somewhat glamorized for you know, the glitz of Hollywood, but I think one of the maybe sure. more understated uh, parts of Buffalo Studios coming to Western New York are some of the tangential economic benefits that it brings. Tell folks yep. a bit about, you know, that, that maybe don't know what 
a movie production brings with it beyond just the crew and then what you end up seeing on your TV? Uh, absolutely. It's a great question. So there is a massive ripple effect of other industries and jobs around a production. So I guess I'll do this. I'll try to walk you through, you know, kind of a typical scenario of um, when I, I had a show on Nickelodeon called Nicky, Ricky, Dickie and Dawn, which, you know, multi-camera kids and family sitcom, you know, it seems like, okay, it's, what does that mean to, to your question? Every week we're building new sets. That's new lumber that's bought. Um, it's construction crew to build things. Uh, we're painting sets. That's new paint every week, every day, people to paint. Uh, you know, we had a crew of that shows about 125 people. They all need to eat and you have to provide them with meals. So there's food catering, there's breakfast, lunch, sometimes dinner. There's snacks in between. There's coffee trucks that come on. Um, another interesting thing that makes sense when you think about it, but you don't think about it is clothing. In our wardrobe and costume department, there's someone every day going out to local stores and buying clothes to put on cast. And sometimes that clothes, you know, those clothes get dirty and need to get dry cleaned right away. So they run out to the dry cleaner and get things cleaned. Um, I, uh, look, Tim Hortons is going to sell a billion donuts a day when production comes in in a bigger way, you know, uh, but, you know, paper, you have to print scripts, you need paper and you, there's always a local distribution company for that. And, you know, uh, copier repair, you know, there's always copiers breaking down and repair people in there. So, I mean, that is, that's not all, but that, I mean, hopefully that gives you some insight into that ripple effect. Um, I mean, gosh, teachers for kids on set, you need local teachers who could, it just, it kind of goes on and on. And that's been a lot of our conversations with um, local colleges and universities. Um, we're talking with about creating programs again. Yes. The things that are kind of obvious and you think of when you think production, but there's also specialized accounting, there's entertainment law. Um, there's onset, there are onset nurses and medics. Uh, who are now going to need to be COVID compliant and whatever, you know, COVID is moving to the future. Um, so, you know, in addition to that, it's just learning cameras, learning construction, transportation, acting, writing, directing, uh, props, art direction. So like there's an architecture bend to set design. Um, obviously construction fits right in perfectly, electrical, all these things. So there, there are many different, kind. Of, I'll call them kind of hidden careers and hidden opportunities in the film and TV space. But yeah, the entertainment industry, that's why it has such an economic impact on an area. It, it is just that ripple effect into the community. Now you're one of a, a couple movie, movie studios here in Buffalo yeah. now. Um, what, what do you think that growing cluster, what message does that growing cluster send to executives and producers in Los Angeles that, you know, as you, you touched on earlier now kind of have a sense of Buffalo and, yeah. you know, you mentioned capacities at an all time high, even, you know, before the pandemic and now, especially after, because there was such a pause on production. Yeah, no, I look it's that, that it, capacity is only increased and the, the, the fighting for stage space is only increased and will for the foreseeable future. But, I love, I, look, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo Filmworks, you know, they, I give them a ton of credit and they deserve a ton of credit. They were there first. 
they they're the ones who you know they were local and they put in the time the energy and the money to really be that foundation for the industry um to say look there is a actual functioning sound stages in buffalo and then with the other group great point capital coming in to me validates the market it especially validates that private equity should be investing in the entertainment industry in buffalo so right now you know all those studios that's fantastic well it's only going to it's going to be a rising tide situation now it just shows it shows hollywood uh the entertainment industry that buffalo is officially open for business that if you want to come and produce whatever you want to produce you're going to have world-class facilities in which to do it and by the way you need to shoot a certain percentage of your production in a qualified production facility aka a soundstage to get your tax credit so um it's great it 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 shows buffalo is it shows buffalo is committed it shows new york state's committed to buffalo and western new york to grow in the industry there um and again if we can you know continue to build on that it's just gonna the industry is gonna flourish around it once once you make that base camp because the demand is so high people are always looking for lower costs they're looking for tax credits etc you know it it just becomes plug and play and makes it easier for more people to come Georgia is an amazing example of that. You know, they've done a fantastic job going from who shoots in Georgia to uh, the second, I believe the second biggest film economy in the world, TV and film economy. So, you know, once you say you're open for business and you, you show that you've got the people, the equipment, the know-how, which Buffalo has shown, it's, it's so much easier to bring people in. Right. And, you know, you touched on the success of A Quiet Place 2 as a step towards establishing that success and and getting that message out. How important do you think your, you know, first few projects will be toward that? And I believe you announced um, one of, if not your first, but one of uh, the projects you guys have been doing is a, a television episodic show about Rick James, I believe. Yeah. So it's a group, uh, the project's called Brothers Keeper, uh, led by uh, Leroy, uh, Rick's brother, um, Trent Bowling, and Addison Henderson. You know, all obviously all Buffalo people with strong roots in the industry. So, I'm I, selfishly, personally, I would love our first projects to be projects like Brothers Keeper that are Buffalo based. You know, as much as I want to bring Hollywood in, the whole point of this project for me is to support and grow local creators again you know to be a space where people can tell great buffalo stories or great buffalo towns can tell stories we hope they can all do that at buffalo studios brothers keeper is a perfect example because it's a great team it's a great story it's it's a it's a you know it's a fantastical crazy story but you know at the end of the day it's about these two brothers their relationship their struggles and their success so it's a universal story obviously people know who rick james is but to be able to create that locally with a local team is, is just a dream come true. So initially, you know, less concerned about having big, in general, I'm less concerned about having big splashy things come in. Um, but just having, having projects come in, you know, as I'm thinking about it, I think the ideal mix would be kind of, you know, bigger projects, uh, whether it's features or TV series and smaller local projects on the lot at the same time. To me, that sounds like success. Right. Well, you know, we're, we're super lucky to have you and super excited that 
Buffalo Studios and, and yourself and your partner have decided to, you know, invest in Western New York and are kind of going along sure. on this endeavor. And I appreciate your time. Before I let you go, we always do a couple hard-hitting blizzard round questions, if you don't mind. All right. Let's do it. I have uh, one. There's a few we ask everybody, but I want to start with one specifically for yourself. Uh, okay. Self selfish question of mine. We touched <laughs> on your writing career and, and some of the shows that you wrote on. Were you ever tempted to force a, a Buffalo mention or an Easter egg into a script at all? Or were you ever able to, I guess? Uh, 100%. Um, I have some shows I've created that never got made that are set in Buffalo. Um, I actually have one right now that was the first project I put together with my production company, which was the impetus for Buffalo Studios. Started about three years ago and it looks like we might be producing it this year. So hopefully there'll be an announcement soon. Um, but that's going to be set in Buffalo. But yeah, I think I mentioned you before we really started talking. I, again, my Nickelodeon show, Nikki Ricky, uh, Dickie and Dawn, the kids all had to come up with a name for their dog. They got a dog and the whole episode was about what's his name going to be. Um, and I wrote, one of the kids said his pitch was, you know, kids were saying like, uh, you know, kind of more typical dog names. And his pitch was <laughs> um, Pro Bowl nose tackle Fred Smurless. That was <laughs> that or Hall of Fame nose tackle Fred Smurless forgetting Fred's actual uh, <laughs> where Fred landed, but that was his pitch for a name. And I couldn't do it because they didn't want to reference Fred Smurless, but I loved it. It was, you know, it was weird. It was bizarre, but it was Buffalo and people in Buffalo would have appreciated it. So, um, you know, you try, you don't always succeed. Lawyers sometimes, you know, more for better than worse, uh, get in the way, but um, always trying. We, we appreciate the effort. Now we'll I try, uh, listen, uh, Fred Smurless will get a reference somewhere. <laughs> it's my goal. It's a great goal. Now, um, now we can do the ones we ask everybody. So if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Uh, fudge brownie cookie dough. Book or TV show that you'd recommend? Oh, wow. Yikes. Um, I, my favorite book of all time is Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. I just reread it again recently. I recommend it in a heartbeat. TV show. There's a show I just watched. I don't know why I'm blanking. There's a show I watched recently that I just thought was just very unique and amazing, but I'll, I guess I'll have to leave it there. Okay. The book. Oh, you know what I should say is I should say Nikki, Ricky, Dickie and Dawn on Nickelodeon. <laughs> there you go. The obvious answer. Yep. That, that, uh, that, well, I put that one on a T for you. and you. <laughs> I know, man. Damn it. All right. I'll be ready next time. Okay. Um, text or phone call? Uh, phone call. I would have said text up until four months ago, but with Buffalo Studios, it's phone calls. Have, it's phone calls all the way. Bills or Sabres? Oh, man. I got a pick? <laughs> oh. How about Babers? Can I mash them together? That counts. Yeah. Listen, Never had that I got them before. All right. Woo. Hiking or skiing? Uh, skiing is the worst thing humans have ever created. So hiking. <laughs> I, uh, the last time I skied, I fell and I split my pants in the crotch at the top of the mountain. And I took my skis off and I walked down swearing the whole way. And it's the last time I will ever ski. 
very fair. And we will <laughs> end on a, hopefully a better question. Chicken wings, <laughs> which do you prefer drumstick or flat? Oh man. Uh, I think flat. I feel like I get more meat. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I appreciate everything. Bell Ringer is a podcast by Invest Buffalo Niagara, the region's privately funded nonprofit marketing and economic development organization. Please rate this podcast, follow our social media channels, and read our blog at buffaloniagara.org for the best of Buffalo Niagara. Come grow your business with us.